haunted mayhem. To Haunted Mayhem. I'm your host, Brandy Nicole, here to talk about all things murder and mayhem. Mayhem being the spirits that haunt us from beyond the grave because, hello, murdered. Maybe if you don't want ghosts haunting you, you should murder. Or maybe we should just stick to the grand rule of murdering is bad. Then no one has to worry about it. Yet, here we are, with a list of tales waiting to be told. So, refresh off of Memorial Weekend. I had a fantastic time camping and getting off the grid with my family. Um, I will say that occupying three kids with no internet, no phone, uh, no games, no netflix and chill was a bit rough at times but hey we made it and we had some great memories made but mommy had to have a margarita when she got home um what about you how was your weekend did you get some time off see some family maybe a movie oh my gosh speaking of movies the new little mermaid movie was out this weekend and while I haven't had a chance to see it myself, I've had quite the popcorn show of reading the debates of all kinds on the internet. Um, personally, I think with as much heat as the movie was getting from the get-go, people were ready to go fight for it or against it before even stepping foot in the theater. Um, they had their minds made up. It could have been the best thing they ever watched or the worst didn't matter their mind was set and they were not changing it mine is not and honestly i'm excited to see it as a person with no expectations it's a movie it's not the cartoon things change isn't that what we've all kind of been complaining about change in hollywood hello here we are um so i'm pretty excited to see that i'm not sure when i'm gonna get to see it but I do hope to see it soon. So before we get down to the story this week, I would like to tell you all about what's happening on Once Upon a Podcast Network. George Soros of the Exclusive Journeys just released his 200th episode. Y'all, 200. I'm in number two. I cannot even fathom 200, but I hope to reach that achievement one day. Um, congratulations, George. That is amazing. Um, so be sure to check out his podcast where he spotlights on both up and coming and established creative talents who share their journey to success. Also on the Once Upon a Podcast Network, a new episode of A Bit of Boo with Stacy and Rue. Their latest episode, they are diving into The Conjuring and the couple behind The Haunting, the OG Ghost Hunters. You're going to love their laid back, laugh out loud episode, so be sure to check it out. Ah, that's not all. 
Chrissy and Belinda have a new episode now available on Starlight Tea. Join them as they spill the tea about the great wheel and how to harness the energies as it turns through time to create an abundant life with ease. If you've ever wanted to learn more about living a magically creative life, this is a podcast for you. Don't miss it. Now, to the mayhem that was Al Capone. So for this week's episode, I was really inspired to do this story on Al Capone because A, it's Al freaking Capone, a name that still sends shivers down people's spine in Chicago. But B, because it's not often you hear of someone being haunted as famously as Capone was. So here we go. Who was Al Capone? Al Capone was remembered mostly for his wave of crimes, as he was the most feared mob boss in Chicago. But there was more to the man than his cold demeanor toward life. Born on January 17, 1899, during the coldest winter to date in New York City, Capone was the firstborn to his Italy immigrant parents, Gabrielle and Teresina. So maybe the coldest winter created the coldest hearts? Question mark? Maybe? As a young child, Capone was a promising student, but had difficulties adjusting to the rules of the Catholic school he attended. Yeah, we all have those moments. Rules, mules. By the time he was 14 years old, though, Capone dropped out of school after being expelled for assaulting a female teacher by punching her in the face. There's that good old mob boss temper. Well, I think it's safe to say that violent temper really flared here and didn't stop until his death. After bailing on school, Capone went on to get a few odd jobs and even joined some small gangs where he, I'm sure you can guess, robbed people. He was eventually given a bartender job and this would be where he ends up with the nickname Scarface. Oh my gosh, I love that movie. Scarface. One night while working, Capone accidentally insulted a woman. Okay, we're going to pause here. Seriously, how do you accidentally insult anyone, let alone a woman, and then turn around and say, I'm sorry, it was an accident. Yeah, I just don't buy that, but okay. Um, Somebody else who didn't buy it was her brother. Out for his sister's honor, he slashed Capone across the cheek with a knife. Therefore, giving him the nickname Scarface. Hey, as Capone later says himself, you don't mess with family, and he messed with the wrong family that night. In 1919, a year after marrying his wife and having their first son, the Capones moved to Chicago with friend gang boss Johnny Torrio as his bodyguard. Capone always saw himself as a businessman who was providing for his family and, in his own words, giving the people what they want or satisfy a public demand. Violence was part of the business, which was not a sin to him, 
but simply a way to protect his business and his family. I wonder if I could say that at the office, you know, my coworkers just rubbing the wrong nerve and you just kind of slap them around and you're like, you know, violence is part of the business. Eh, that's probably a reason they don't let us do that. There'd be a lot of slapping. Um, in a tactical ploy, Capone was ambushed, leaving him unhurt but unable to work as he needed time to rest. A little over one week later, in January of 1925, Torrio was shot several times by a hitman on his return home from a shopping plaza. Despite surviving the assassination attempt, Torrio was shaken and resigned as the leader leaving the reins to Capone, who was just 26 years old. 26 years old. I am not 26 years old. <laughs> he won't throw that number out there. But I can even 26 and now he's the new Bob, the big boss, big mob boss of Chicago's largest crime group. I mean, wow. He must have quite the backbone there. Uh, Capone would go on to run his game to success with terror running down the spines of his rivals until that famous February day. You know the day. And if you don't know the day, I'm about to tell you. The St. Valentine's Massacre of Chicago. Um, if you're unfamiliar with what happened here, it was terrible. Um, this massacre saw seven men from the rival Northside gang gunned down in a parking garage. They lined these men up and said that they were police officers and then turned around and opened fire on um, Perk Pone's word. So, even though, while everyone knew who had committed the order for the hit, detectives had no link to Capone, a.k.a. Scarface, or any of his hitmen. But everybody knew it was him. Everybody knew how it went down. I mean, like, word on the street, you know, the hitmen, like, talking it up in the bar. People knew. They just had no proof. And it wouldn't be until two years later that Capone did the one thing the government just can't turn an eye from. Tax evasion. That's right. They couldn't get him for murder, robberies, any of that. No. My God. Steal from the government? He is done. Okay. Capone ended up in the notorious island prison of Alcatraz near San Francisco. This is where his mayhem would begin. And the bitter chill of a lonely prison cell, Capone could hear could be heard screaming in the night, begging Jimmy to leave him be. But who was this Jimmy? There, he had no, there was no prisoner named Jimmy around him. Um, there was no prison guard named Jimmy. So who was Jimmy? What were they doing? It is believed to be one of the victims of the St. Valentine's Massacre. James Jimmy Clark. 
Although Capone was released due to ill health, he, could, he continued to complain that Clark's ghost haunted him. He even became so desperate, he consulted a medium against his family's wishes. And remember, family is everything. Except for when you have a ghost haunting you, then their opinion does not matter at all. Unfortunately, the medium was unable to help Capone, and he was stuck with Jimmy haunting his every night. Now, some believe that Capone's hallucinations were due to his declining mental and physical health. However, according to Capone himself, Jimmy pestered the mobster until his death in 1947 at the age of 48. So doing the math from the time Capone was arrested for tax evasion, again, tax evasion, not death, not robberies, tax evasion, in 1931, but lived until 1947. The man most feared lived in haunting terror for 16 years. Now, if this quote by Capone doesn't share that 16-year irony, I don't know what will. Don't mistake my kindness for weakness. I am kind to everyone. But when someone is unkind to me, weak is not what you are going to remember about me. Al Capone. You're right there, Capone. You endured 16 years of mayhem. I would definitely say weak you are not. So what do you think? Did Capone really have a ghost haunting him for 16 years? Or was he mentally ill as his family believed? Now, in my opinion, if Jimmy was as big of a rival as they claimed, and the St. Valentine's Day massacre was set up the way that Capone had wanted it and ambushed him, I'm pretty sure Jimmy's going to be pissed. You know, I mean, their hatred, they were rivals. Um, Yeah, I could see him coming back and being like, hey, kiss my ass. I'm going to, I might not be able to kill you now, but I'm going to haunt you till you die. Um, I know that his family believed it was all mental illness, which is also plausible. But why would it be... That particular person, after all of the hits that Capone had put out, why did this rival that he beat fair and square set him up? He was the mob king. He didn't mess with Capone. He beat Jimmy. So why, out of all the people that Capone had hit, why did this one stick with him if it wasn't Jimmy himself haunting him? That's my question. What was it, if not for Jimmy coming back on his own, about Jimmy that haunted Capone? Now, mental illness? Sure. I could see that too. But there were so many people between the age of 14 until his death in 1947. So, one has to wonder, there could have been a lot of people. He had hits on people after 
the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. So, why, why wasn't it one of those people that haunted his subconscious and his mental health state? Why? Because I believe he had no greater rival than Jimmy. A hatred so strong, Jimmy came back to give Al Capone all that he could for 16 years, which drove Capone absolutely crazy. So there you have it. Tell me your thoughts. Send me an email. Nicole at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about Capone. Do you have any, do you know anyone linked to the mob boss or these stories? Well, let me hear them. I'd love to hear them. Um, was his family right? Was he mentally ill? Was he mentally ill and haunted? Let's throw around the loop. Let's hear those theories there. Okay. Time for some hometown haunts. This week, how long can you haunt? Hello from Nevada. My hometown haunt is about the time I visited my in-laws for two weeks and was sure I wouldn't survive. Okay, I don't know if we're talking about a haunting or just normal in-law survival. <laughs> Let's keep going, shall we? My in-laws live in East Georgia where the sun shines a lot and the Southern traditions are thick as is their history. The house my in-laws live in is an older house, but not a Victorian like I'm sure you were expecting this story to state. Isn't that the classic setting? Uh, yeah, I mean, I get that. Um, I kind of always like to think of the nice Victorians with the Spanish moths and the ivy and, you know, white picket fence. Our second night staying there, I was walking up the stairs when something pulled on my shirt from behind. At first, I thought I may have snagged my shirt on something, but there was nothing that could have done it. The third night, things started to get weird. Okay, the snagging of the shirt was a little weird to begin with. But anyway, I kid you not, when I say the attic door opened and shut on its own one night, when I made that middle of the night trip to the bathroom, while nothing life-threatening happened, every night something would scare me to the point I was sure I would not survive the visit. Well, I hope it wasn't your mother-in-law playing tricks on you because that's me, but totally something I would do. Safe back at my home in Nevada, where the doors stayed shut and nothing pulled on my shirt for funsies, I started researching my in-law's neighborhood. Oh, that's where it gets fun when you find out there's something after the fact. Turns out that while it wasn't the original home that once stood there, their house was built on the land where a safe house had been located on the Underground Railroad route. Twelve slaves had died in the attic of the home while waiting out soldiers who were in search of them. Some of these slaves had no recorded name. So sad. It's a sad story, but I now understand why they are sticking around. They lived in fear with no one knowing who they were. They just want to be heard, even if it does scare the shit out of us. <laughs> That's the truth. Travel tip. If you're afraid of visitors you can't see, be sure to research the place before jumping on a plane. 
It'll save you a lot of restless nights, Brenda. That's very true, Brenda. And <laughs> thanks for sharing. Um, try and if, if it's a trip that I have to go on, I usually try not to research it. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I research places that way I can go visit them. <laughs> but yeah, I can totally understand. Um, and these souls do deserve to be seen. Uh, gosh, what a sad ending. Um, I'm, I'm glad to see though, that you, uh, you made it home safely. Hope you got to, you know, go to the bathroom because that could have been a recipe for disaster. But yes, uh, those souls just want to be heard and seen and known that they were there. Um, so yeah, thanks for sharing that with us, Brenda. Um, do you have a hometown haunt you would like to share? I would love to hear it. Just send it to me, Brenda Nicole at gmail.com and we will get those shared every week no every other week yeah <laughs> all right see you guys on the next go around bye Haunted Mayhem.